All right, guys. Uh, welcome back to 100 Books a Year with Kevin Wong. Uh, today, I want to extend on our discussion on uh, Pixar, kind of dive into uh, their individual revenue stream, right? Like what was Pixar's primary business when the author, um, Lawrence Levy, took over back in 1994, three, somewhere around there. Um, so the very first one, right, is very simple. It's a software called Renderman. And after some research, I think Pixar, they still use, use this software and then they still sell this software. So they actually primarily use another one called Presto, but Presto is not for sale right now. So they only sell or uh, license the Renderman software right now. So back in the early 90s, right? So Renderman is not for consumer use. It is for professional usage only, right? The problem is, is that because it's so good, it's so high end, most like you know a small production they won't even need it for animation right so they might have uh, roughly 50 customers a year back in the early 90s and it is a very very small market share right it's, it's only used for extreme high quality movie production like the you know uh who who's the guy that directed uh Jurassic park um Right, a Spielberg, right? For those type of calibers of a filmmaker are using it. So, so the sales are inconsistent. You either use it or you don't. And they sell it for $3,000 back then, right? Back in the early 90s, which is not good. But the thing is, is that they only have 50 customers, right? So that amount to what, like 150,000 a year, roughly, come and goes. So, it's really not a good business. It's really not a uh, interesting business as well. So how do we grow, you know, um, RenderMan, right? Like, you know, Lawrence thought that it would be good if we grow RenderMan by 10x, right? Like bring it to like 1.5 million. That could work, right? But the thing is, it's just not enough customer. Right? That's what it is. The market is too, is too small for that. So Renderman itself should not exist as a business or as a branch of the business, if that makes sense. Because if we are talking about just 1.5 million, then that's good, but we need 500 customers. And I don't think back in the early 90s, um, that's going to be a possibility for jobs or for uh, Lawrence, right? So, and then... What about licensing, right? Like when, when now like people think about, okay, like I don't want to buy all the expensive software. I want to license it. Uh, Pixar does a little bit of a licensing as well, right? So uh, they do have the patent with uh, uh, RenderMan and the other competitor, Microsoft. And there was another company in Silicon Valley called Silicon Valley Graphics or Silicon Graphics. They are quote-unquote infringing on RenderMan's technology, right? So this idea of the motion blur, so like whenever that we are, we are like, you know, like watching like the old um, cartoons or uh, animation from the, like the early 20s, like the Mickey Mouse, the one of the things that we will notice is that it has, you know, um, gaps between movement, right? So you can see that it, uh, there was gaps there and there was gaps there. So with motion blur, it can be seen more continuously movement, right? So that was the 
major sell, uh, selling point for RenderMan. So back then, uh, Microsoft and Silicon Graphics were copying them, and they were considering, you know, suing those two, and then they reached a settlement in the very end, right? So what ended up happening is that uh, Steve Jobs they wanted fifty million <laughs> for for uh, for the lawsuit, and then. Uh, because he thought that that would be the price that um, that would be reasonable because RenderMan is such a you know top of the art uh, you know a top of the art uh, software for animation, and um, Lawrence think that it might be too high. We don't want to get like a huge distraction, and uh, I think they end up filing the lawsuit for like fifteen million or or like something, right? So. By the end of the day, um, the court reached a settlement that uh, Microsoft was going to pay $6.5 million a year for licensing that software. And uh, Silicon Graphics was going to pay a little bit more, bit more than that. So they reached another maybe $14, $15 million in terms of um, getting cash revenue in. Right? We, we talked about it yesterday or last couple of days that... Um, jobs was pretty much footing the bill for Pixar to exist, right? So this does a good job, kind of gave that situation a buffer, and um, so uh, Steve doesn't uh, doesn't really have to pay for the allowances every month for Pixar. So this is sort of the first interaction that Lawrence had with uh, Jobs, and uh, although afterward they they became good friends, but. Lawrence in this book bring out a couple of times where how he thinks you know a jobs think and jobs pattern and I think that's really interesting. I want to share it with with you guys, right? So after the licensing deal with Renderman, Lawrence think that you know a jobs is really good at debate with intensity over an issue, right? So 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 like he will forces you to uh, hold your ground. He will forces you to to like fight with him. But when they did not agree with something, then there's going to be two parties, you know, uh, hold down their camp really, really strongly. That's what makes Jobs a very, very strong, you know, uh, debater or a negotiator. Then Jobs prefer to come to a mutual resolution, right? So we can move forward together. Right? There, he was not going to let's say, oh yeah, right, like we're not gonna go with fifty million. Like we have to do fifty million. My way or worthy highway. That's not a Steve Jobs. He really trying to reach a middle point where both parties can get behind it, right? So, so like he will first have you ascend your ground intensely, and then make sure that we can compromise to a middle position where we can all get behind that, and that is good if in in terms of team building uh, uh experiences so by the end of the day right like, you know Lawrence wrote that jobs think that business or uh, you know uh tactical choices or uh, strategic choices neither is his or mine or Lawrence's or someone else's right it's 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 just a process right so the process of really getting to a number and then really defend your position and then cool let's come to a decision 
as a team. Let's come to a solution as a team. And I think that is key for jobs, business endeavors. And I saw that with his um, negotiation with Disney CEO Bob Iger and uh, along those lines. So overall, I think in the sense of renderment, I think it's a success, right? Um, the licensing deal bringing more money that can keep uh, Pixar's afloat. But that doesn't really solve all their problems because they're a film a studio, right? So we're going to dive into film industry a little bit. Like what was Pixar's um, position in filmmaking, in animation, and we can kind of get in a, uh, get a sense what kind of a situation that the CFO at the time, Lawrence, was getting into. All right, guys, uh, that's it for us. If you like this podcast, give us five stars whenever you listen and share the podcast. And we go from there.